right, well, hey, guys. Welcome to our live encounter night. Um, We're so glad you guys are here. And uh, I invite you guys to stand. And we're going to move into just a time of encountering the Father. This night is, you know, it's the first Tuesday of every month. And we get to come and just encounter the Father. And, you know, take some risks and grow in our intimacy with him. So I'm just going to pray and just invite the Lord. Holy Spirit, Lord, we just invite you in this place. God, I ask that you just bring peace to our minds. And Lord, whatever we walked in with tonight, Lord, I ask that we can lay it down. That, you know, whether we had a great day or a hard day or, you know, wherever we're at, God, I ask that we can lay it down and just bask in your glory and in your presence. The song we're going to sing is about coming away with the Father. And I just feel like God is inviting us to come away with him. We, we are all in this place, and we can come and encounter him. Come and just dance with him, spend time with him. Be with our family and just spend our time with Jesus. Lord, we, we just invite you even deeper. We just lay ourselves down for your glory and your kingdom, Jesus. Come and have your way tonight. May you be the light that leads us. In Jesus' name.
my beautiful one, and come away with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Come to be with me. For I, the Lord, has greater plans for you than you could ever hope or imagine. And God, I just thank you for this song. I thank you that this song is a declaration over our lives, that you are not a, a God who is boring or mundane plans for our lives, but you have a plan for our life that's gonna be wild, that's gonna be great, and it's gonna be full of you. So God, I pray that right now in this moment, we can give you our plans and we can trust that you have a greater wife or a greater husband for us, that you have a greater plan, a greater job for our lives, that no matter what we're going through right now in our life, that your plan is wild and great and amazing. I thank you, God, that you are a God who writes the best stories of our lives. You're the best storyteller. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now, Father. Sweep us away, invite us to come away with you. Show us who we are, show us who you are, and show us that your plan for life is wild, great, and full of you. We love you and we trust you, Jesus. We open up our hearts to you, God.
who brings breakthrough in every part of our life, God. And you just tell us to believe. Jesus, renew our minds to the reality of what you did for us on the cross. God, that we have total access to total freedom in every part, God. God, let us not just doubt and double guess and just all those things that happen. Let us believe what you've released to us power to walk a life with you free from everything that hinders every single thing just release it tonight yes father thank you so much that you meet us where we are You relentlessly, time and time again, pursue us. And it's your love that overwhelms us, it satisfies us, it changes us, it motivates us, it uplifts us, it empowers us. We thank you that your love is unconditional and that he speaks from his heart, I love you, because I love you, because I love you, because I love you. Father, we thank you that no matter what we go through in this life, when seasons change and trials come and burdens push down, that your love remains the same. It's constant and steadfast. Continue to open our hearts and allow us just to really understand the beautiful journey of seeing how deep, how wide, how vast, how far is your love for each person here. That he calls you by name. He knows everything about your life. And he has amazing plans for us to really step into the fullness of where his spirit is leading and speaking into the destinies that he has created for you. Lord, I thank you that each person here is more than a conqueror. That apart from you, we can do nothing but through you. All things are possible. So we, 
we just thank you and we love you because you first loved us. That you demonstrated your love in this, that while we are still sinners, you died for us. And each nail, he thought of your name. And each whip on his back, he says, I love you. And each footstep he takes holding the cross, he's saying, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. It's you I did this for my child. There's no one like you, Father. And we just, we say thank you. Thank you for your love. In meeting us, speaking to us, and just touching us by the power of your spirit tonight. Allow us to know that it's safe. It's safe with you. That's all you're saying is trust. Trust in me. I have plans for your life. They're wonderful. You want to see them? Thank you for allowing us to know in a good and perfect Father's heart, we can trust you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. Well, I loved how God moved. And uh, feel free, please feel free to stay up here. Um, we're actually having a really good friend of mine. And this man's heart has just been so set on fire for you guys. He's traveled the world. And he's spoken to many, many different people. And he's seen God touch and change lives across the globe. But he really felt commissioned. Uh, specifically for this place, and as he would say, for such a time as this. So please welcome Ryan Otto to the stage. Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. Love you. Everyone's leaving? Okay, I'm going to come down there if everyone's leaving. <laughs> What's up, guys? Man, so blessed to be here. Man, I thank you for everyone who just came up front. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's so much power when we get out of the seat and come to the front. Whether that's in worship, whether that's coming up forward and, and asking someone to pray, pray for you. Um, I know when I asked Jesus into my heart and my Lord, my Savior, to be my Lord, my Savior, ten, nine years ago when I was 21, um, there was just something about getting up out of the seat and coming forward where, I, where everyone could see me. Thought I was a big, tough guy, worked out, tried to get all those gains in all the time, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, man, but I was just sobbing. I was just sobbing. And the first time in my life, I didn't really care who saw me because the Lord was touching my life in a radical way. But it didn't happen until I chose to get out of the seat, to press in in the midst of that fear, and to come forward. So, man, if the Lord's tugging at that, that for you to do that after, after the message, I just encourage you to respond because there's power in it. Um, well, thanks so much for coming out to our home church. We love being here. We feel so privileged and honored just to, to be in our main auditorium. And there's just something about being in this place, in this space, that, uh, that just feels like it makes it anointed and more powerful. So thanks for coming out to our home church tonight. Um, as you know, we're in this series, or if you don't know, if you're new here, uh, my name is Ryan Otto. I'm blessed to be the college pastor here with Alive. And uh, we're looking at this series of why do we believe? We're asking ourselves that question, why do we believe? And we're going through the Gospel of John. And we're looking at the different miracles of Jesus. 
And, you know, it was so powerful that after he did miracles, people either saw them or heard about them. And in scripture, almost after every miracle, it says, they came to believe based on what they saw. And it was just so powerful as I was reading. And I felt like the Lord said, look at the miracles. Look at the tangible miracles of Jesus turning wine or water into wine. Of, of him meeting the woman, the Samaritan woman, where she was at and forgiving, forgiving her. And, and filling her with compassion and mercy. Uh, of feeding the 5,000. Of, of being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And in every tangible miracle, even this one that we look at, Jesus walking on water, there's always a deeper miracle. There's always an inward miracle that I think applies to our life. And, and I'm, I feel so thankful to be up here to be sharing with you guys. I've had a month off, and uh, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to do some different things. Um, but I hope you guys know I, I had this on my heart. This is going to be a little soapbox for like 20 seconds. But if any of you women out there who have been coming to Alive or this is your first time, and you maybe grew up in a church where men mostly spoke or, or you ever doubted that God could use you in a radical and powerful way. I hope the last three weeks has been a testimony that the same God that lives in guys also lives in you. Because we've had four amazing, anointed, powerful women of God share the Lord's word. And powerful, and many people have been encountered by his presence and his love. And I hope that's a testimony that God can use you just the same way he uses them and has used me. And two weeks from now, we're going to have another amazing woman of God who's actually the senior pastor of the church uh, come and share. So I'm so excited for that. Um, but I just wanted to share that. I felt like the Lord wanted you to know, specifically you women out there, that God lives in you. He lives in you. And never, ever let anyone tell you that he can't use you. I believe that with my life. And, uh, yeah, just know that I'm going to step off my soapbox now. <laughs> um, so this, this message, uh, <clears throat> I want to start off by, by just kind of asking you some questions. Um, think of yourself, have you ever felt very comfortable at something you did? Obviously, you know I'm going to make a sports reference. Maybe some athletes, you got your golf swing down, you, you, you got the workout routine, you got your shot all good. Like you feel comfortable day in, day out. You go to practice, you're grinding, you're doing good. Maybe some of you are artists and you got your, your art stuff down. <laughs> Woo! And you, you make clay pots and you know how to do it. And man, like you just got that down, right? Uh, maybe some of you are singers. You know the notes you're hitting. You just, you just got it down, right? Um, maybe, maybe other you, you go on a family vacation every year and you know the route. I mean, you could tell someone how to get there you know, blindfolded, that probably wouldn't be safe, but you could do it. And, I mean, you just, you just have a routine that you're comfortable in, that you've done so many times, um, and it's just, it's just normal for you. But then suddenly something happens. Then suddenly a, a circumstance that is very comfortable and normal for you suddenly flips, and now you're in an uncomfortable situation full of worry, stress, anxiety, and fear. For the athletes, I'll start off with you. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's an injury. Now suddenly you're used to doing these moves that because you've been injured, you can't do anymore. Or maybe it's a coach that suddenly leaves and, you, and you're, 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 you're uncomfortable because the person that brought you to this team is now, that, not, now not there. Maybe it's someone that you're used to going on vacation with. A family member, a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister, a good friend. 
and they can't come for whatever reason. Have you ever been in a situation, I think we all have, that has been normal to you, that you've been comfortable in, but suddenly the one person that you needed, the one thing that made it, made it normal was now not there? I ask you that question because I think that's what happened in the story that we're going to look at today. Um, in my own life, I know that's happened to me. I went to a powerhouse high school, a football high school in, in, in high school. <laughs> and uh, um, in the playoffs every year, we're Division I. I'm from Ohio. That's the biggest division. Um, we had like 60 to 70 kids on our team. Um, and, and man, like our school was just known for football. And my sophomore year, my junior year, I always had the talent. And my coaches and my teammates, my two best friends were the captains. They believed in me. But I never believed in myself. And the power of believing is so, so powerful. That even, even before I was a Christian, I remember like writing believe, you know, on stuff with football. And it's just there's something that when, when you believe, it, it's just a game changer. I always t tell people before when I coach that you need to believe before you can achieve. That you need to believe to achieve. That if you don't believe in you doing it, if you can't see yourself doing it, then how can it happen? And... Um, that was my problem. I never really believed in myself. And so I worked, I worked my butt off after my junior year um, in the weight room. We, we would have football uh, workouts, and then my two buddies, would, we'd go work out for another two hours. And I was just going, giving it everything I had for my family and my friends that believed in, in me because I never believed in myself. And I was working my butt off, and um, I was competing for a starting spot at wide receiver, and I was having a really, really good camp. And my coach, he was an NCAA Division I coach, uh, very, very intimidating guy. And I remember he called me in the locker room a week before our first game, a week and a half before our first game, 7 in the morning. And I'm like, shoot, why is Coach Jakes calling me in the locker room? And he gets there, and I could tell he was, like, really nervous about something. I've never seen him, seen him nervous. And um, he used to call me O, and he's like, He's like, oh, I, I don't know how, my last name is Otto. That's why he called me O. Um, and he's like, oh, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're not going to be able to play your senior year. And, ah, uh, crap, I still get choked up about this. And uh, I was like, coach, why? Why can't I play? And he's like, well, you're ineligible. I was like, coach, how am I ineligible? I, I took five classes. I have a 3.0. And he's like, well, oh, one of the coaches, or one of the classes you took didn't count as a full credit course, and your counselor messed up and missed it, and you're not going to be able to play. And guys, like, I know that could seem a little thing to specifically to you girls maybe, um, but, man, it rocked my world. And in the prime, in the time that I was supposed to start, that I worked so, so hard for, that I was given that opportunity, and now it was taken away, and there was nothing I could do to get it back. Going into my senior year, my world, my, my love was taken away. And I knew I didn't have the talent to play D1, school, D, D1 college football and that I was never going to be able to play organized tackle football again. And uh, in that moment, you know, I, I really wasn't a believer yet. But in that moment, I believe God used that to awaken me. And I remember having this thought that when we die, I don't know if we can see what's going on here. But I don't think we can physically be here like we are now. And, and by some amazing coaches and my best friends, I stayed on the team. I became a coach to the freshman and sophomore guys. Um, and I was at every single game. But I couldn't physically put the pads on and play. And I believe God spoke to me. He said, Ryan, 
don't waste your opportunity with life like you wasted your opportunity with football. Because every year I thought, oh, I have next year. Oh, I have next year. Oh, I have next year. I have next game. I have next week. And then in my prime, when it was my time, it was taken away. And I still, it's crazy. I'm 30 years old and I still dream, I probably have a dream about playing at least once a month. And every time, almost every time in the dream, something goes wrong. And I've prayed, like, I don't, I don't understand dreams. That's going to be one of the first things I ask God in heaven, like, what the heck are the points of dreams? Because it says in the Bible you speak through dreams, but I know I have some whacked out dreams as well. <laughs> and I do not understand them, Lord. <laughs> but I think he gives me these dreams to remind me that we are alive for such a time as this. That we never know how much time we have left. And that doesn't f- make me fearful. That, that, that this isn't a statement to make you afraid, but to awaken us to every day I get up, every day before I get out of bed, I try to say to God, God, thank you for the gift it is to be alive. And that's why I believe God has given us the, even this ministry, uh, the name of Alive, because it's a reminder, a gift, that we are alive for a purpose, that we are alive for a reason. We're not robots, we're not just an accident, but God's chose us, handpicked us, knit us together, and planned us to be alive for a purpose for such a time as this. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what tests we have to take, or how overwhelmed we are with work or school or relationships or whatever it is, I believe we can wake up and if we're reminded by that, we wake up knowing that today is a gift. And I want to live today like it's my last. So I went way into that more than I planned. (laughs) But I pray that tonight is a reminder that you are chosen, that you have been bought with a price. And the same God, the same power, the same love that lived in Jesus Christ lives in you. So back to the story. Um, We're going to look at the story of Jesus walking on water. I'm reading from the New International Version, uh, looking at John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. And the word of the Lord says this. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. Let's just stop right there for a second. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. So a little backstory, right? Kate talked about Jesus feeding the 5,000 last week. Um, So after that amazing miracle, he told his disciples to go off into a boat, to go across the lake and that he he would meet up with them. Jesus then went to a mountain to pray and be alone with his Father in heaven. And, and so if you can imagine, put yourself where, where the disciples might have felt. They grew up on the sea. Most of them were professional fishermen, if there was such a term back then. But they grew up on the waters. They, they fished. They had probably been in many storms. This was comfortable territory for them. I doubt that them going, getting in a boat and going across the sea was a scary thing. But here's what maybe put them on edge. The one person that they spent every day with that pulled them away from their families, or not pulled them, called them, invited them, chose them, kind of like he's done for you, has chosen them to come away uh, uh, out of their their jobs, away from their families, away from their homes to follow him. But suddenly he wasn't there. Suddenly he said, go off by yourself and I'll meet up with you. And I wonder, back to the stories of maybe a family vacation, maybe of some, a coach being there for you, that best friend, that relationship, that person that was always by your side is suddenly not there. 
And I wonder if you could put yourself in maybe how the disciples felt. And I wonder if that caused any anxiety, if that caused any worry. And said, why isn't he coming with us? Is he going to leave us? Is he going to go find more people? I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up with a dad a lot. And I've always had a fear around older men that I look up to, older brothers, even some friends, that they would just leave me, that they wouldn't be a friend or, or that older brother to me a, a, anymore. I wonder if you've ever felt that struggle, that fear of someone leaving you. Maybe something as bad has happened to one of your friends or family members, and you've had that fear that that might happen to more. I know I have. I wonder if the disciples felt that fear, that worry, that anxiety of where is Jesus and why isn't he coming with us? You continue reading with me. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had, when they had rowed, rowed three, or, uh, three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water, and they were terrified. I'm going to stop here again, too. So, so again, let's put ourselves back in the story. So you're a fisherman. You're used to fishing. You grew up on the sea. You love being in boats. You're, you're going across the lake. You're doing good. And suddenly a storm comes. Suddenly, suddenly a storm comes. And, again, you're in a comfortable situation, and now you're uncomfortable. And the one person you wanted with you isn't there. You may be, I mean, we don't know how bad the storm was, but I think if they were in a storm and they, they were lost and they don't know where to go, they were probably in a pretty big storm. And suddenly, when the doubts are rising and maybe even some anger, you were there for other people, Jesus, but why aren't you here for us? We're supposed to be the closest people to you, but where are you when we need you? I wonder, have any of you felt like that? I know I have. We talk about him healing people and being there for miracles. But then why, I'm sure some of you have wondered, well, why am I going through this? Why am I going through that? I see, I've seen him touch their life, but why hasn't he touched mine? But do you believe and trust that in the moments of those doubts that God will come and speak hope and speak love into situations in our lives in ways that we wouldn't expect? And when the disciples probably least expected it, they look over and they see Jesus walking on water. In another, translate, in another gospel, they say they saw a ghost. They thought it was a ghost walking on water. Jesus says, it is I, don't be afraid. It is I, don't be afraid. You know, it is that, that verse... So let me, let me give you some backstory real quick. So this is the Gospel of John. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each Gospel tells a lot of the same stories, some different, but different angles of a story. So for example, say me and my friend Kate were walking down the road, and some reason we were on different sides of the road, and there was a car accident. And the police came, and they asked me to, to explain what happened. And I saw the accident from the back end. And I explained whatever, everything that happened. But Kate was on the other side of the road and saw it from a different angle. And she explained the story. And even though our stories were similar and they were both truthful and right, they had different perspectives because they were told from different angles of the accident. You guys tracking with me? 
So that's kind of how Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are. John tells actually a very vague story of this happening. Mark is the most detailed. And Matthew even shares a part of the story that isn't, even, isn't in the two of them about specifically more emphasis on Peter and how God spoke to him, which we're going to talk about in a second. But when Jesus says, it is I, don't be afraid, that, that phrase is written in the Bible 365 times. And when I read that, Kate actually sent me a picture of that today. 365 times. I thought to myself, I don't think it's a coincidence that there's 365 days in a year. Let that sink in for a second. 365 times in this book, it, is, it says, don't be afraid. I wonder if God's saying, each day you wake up, no matter what you're going through, will you trust that my perfect love will cast out fear? Will you trust that I will walk on water to come to you in unexpected ways, to come and to meet you in your fears, to show you that I love you, to show you that I care for you, to show you that you are not alone? And I love, love, love what the disciples do and how they respond. Jesus says, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him in to the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Then they were willing to take him in. They saw Jesus. They were afraid, but he spoke. It is I. It is your friend. It is the one you know. Don't be afraid. And like, I love how it says, then they were willing to let him in. I even love how Kyle sang that song, Come Away With Me, Open Up Your Heart. And, and we sing that song saying, we open up our hearts, we let you in. You know, the band kind of sings it prophetically over us as if the Father was speaking that to us. But I love just responding saying, God, I open up my heart to let you in. You know, I also love in the story that it says, as soon as Jesus got in the boat, they immediately arrived to their destination. Have any of you ever felt like you've learned a lesson and then suddenly a couple months later or a year later you face a, a, a trial that is very similar and then the same thing happens again and again and you're like, what the heck? I've been around this mountain four freaking times. I, I, I want to learn the lesson. I know I have. And like I love that we so often um, try to figure things out by our own strength and by our own might and like, but we can just go in circles. Even things we're good at. I mean, these were, again, they grew up on the sea. They knew how to row a boat. They knew how to fish. They knew the sea. But they were lost and they were stuck. And another version of the gospel, they said they didn't know where to go. They didn't know how to get, get to their destination. But as soon as Jesus comes in the picture, he speaks life. He speaks hope. The fear goes, the perfect love casts out fear, the perfect love drives out fear. They let, them, they let him in, and immediately they get there. And I wonder tonight if God's saying there's some circumstances in your life, there's some things that you've been trying to figure out for far too long, and you're tired of it. That you're not here by a coincidence or a mistake. But will you let me into the fear? Will you let me in? 
to the worry and the stress and the thing and the relationship that you're trying to figure out, that you're trying to manage, that you're trying to keep together. Will you let me in? And will you trust me enough to guide you? Will you trust me enough to take you on an adventure and, and that is greater than yours? Do you trust me enough, like we talked about before, that I have a better plan for your life than you do for yourself? Because when we let God into the midst of our fears, he brings peace to the storm. He brings hope for the future. He brings hope for the day, no matter how, how much you wake up depressed and scared. Every morning I wake, I'll be real with you, every morning I wake up a little depressed. But you know what? I cling to God for that. And God gives me hope through it. And God gives me promises through it. And he speaks truth in it. And the more that I draw near to him, the more he draws near to me. And the more that he speaks provision and, and, and hope for the future in my life. And, and, it, and it's a reminder that every day I wake up, no matter if I'm the happiest or the saddest, that he is the reason for the season that I'm alive. And I invite him into my boat. I invite him into the boat of my heart, a.k.a. my heart and my life. I invite him into the dreams. I invite him into the pain if I'm going through something. I invite him into the fear. I invite him into the sadness. And I say, God, take control. So the first thing I want to leave you with, are you willing to invite him in? Are you willing to receive him into the boat of your heart and your life? And will you trust that he will not only bring peace and love to the storm, that he will take you to exactly where he knows you need to go. I want to share a little bit of another perspective from this story. And it comes from Matthew. And I'm just going to kind of storytell it if you want. But you can look it up after service if you want. And, and it's the story about Peter. So many people uh, kind of think of Peter as, as kind of being one of the uh, disciples that kind of just kind of put his foot in his mouth a lot. And, but you know what? I love Peter. And yes, Peter denied Christ three times and, and after he promised and said he never would. But Peter was also the rock of the church that Jesus gave, to, gave, gave it to, to start. And, and I love this, this story because Peter sees Jesus. And he has the audacity and courage to say, Jesus, if it is really you, then let me come, up, come out on the water with you. So check this. Jesus is walking. He's already walking on water. Let that sink into your mind real quick. I mean, is that real? Like, let him, he's walking on water. Straight up, that would freak me out. And then this dude says, hey, if that's really you, like, who the heck else is it? Because we don't see a ton of people walking on water all the time, right? Like, who else is it going to be? Elvis? Elvis wasn't alive back then. But someone, I mean, like, I mean, straight up, oh, yeah, that's, who else would it be? Like, and he says, if it's you, Jesus, then let me come out with you. And Jesus says, come. So he gets out of the boat. And as you can imagine, I mean, literally, think about this. Put yourself in, in this story. I mean, heck, I would be afraid that there's freaking sharks, you know, not flying, swimming around. <laughs> and I don't even know if there's probably not sharks because they're in a lake and sharks only live in oceans. So maybe big catfish. <laughs> but, man, they, so he, he gets out of the boat. And, man, this dude has boldness and courage. And he's walking on water. And his eyes are fixed on Jesus. And then suddenly the lightning strikes and a wave hit, hits him. And maybe, a, maybe not a caterpillar, a catfish jumps out of the water and gives him a wink and he gets scared. 
<laughs> I made that up. That's not in the Bible. Um, but, man, he gets scared, and suddenly he doubts. His f- focus goes away from Jesus and onto the waves, onto the storm, and he start- suddenly sinks. He suddenly sinks. Put yourself in the story. How would you have responded? Put yourself in the story of the circumstances and storms of your life. And Jesus says, do you trust that I come to you in unexpected ways? I come to you in the midst of storms. I don't just come and calm the storm, but I call you out in the storm. You watch this clip with me. Why did he walk away just when we're getting strong? Surely a Messiah wouldn't leave us like this. A Messiah should be a, a warrior, a conqueror like David. Judas, force is not the way. So tell me what the way of Messiah is. He's different. But Mary, what if he's not the one? We're risking our lives, but what? He has shown us his power. We must have faith in him. Come on. He'll not fail us. He said he'd meet us on the other side. Let's go!
to be strong. And I love that so much. You guys know, most of you know how much I love movies. And uh, that's actually a documentary called The Bible Series that the History Channel had. And uh, it's, it's really awesome. If you need a birthday or Christmas present, you should ask for that. Um, or you can just let me, and I'll let you borrow it. But um, I love that. And again, it shows us maybe so what the disciples felt. Why isn't he here? Why isn't he coming with us? They doubted. They struggled. Have you ever felt like that? Again, have you ever felt left alone in the midst of fear and confusion? Why the heck are we doing this? But God comes, and even when you drown, or even when you mess up and you stumble and you fall, he's there to lift you back up. And that's what I love. And he's not just a God who looks down from us in heaven, but he's a God who's with us. He's a God who calls us out in the midst of our fears, who calls us out in the storms. And when we stumble and when we struggle, because we will, when bad things happen to us, he's there to pick us back up. So I'm going to invite the band back up. And um, I've asked uh, Leah and the band to play kind of a special song. And it's a song that I love so much. And it's called I'm Not Alone. And I feel like we always kind of have these challenges that we end with. And I feel like the first challenge that I really want to invite you into I think there's many people here tonight that have fears, that have struggles that they're going on, that they're dealing with right now. Maybe they're physical injuries, maybe they're heart injuries. Maybe they're broken relationships and fears of the future. Will God really give me these dreams? Will he really help me in this? Maybe it's sadness and doubt because of something bad that has happened to you or a loved one that you just don't understand. And I want to invite you as the band plays this song and sings this over you, to talk to your father. Tarsus, if you want to hit those lights. And I know we love to stand up and sing, but first, talk to your father. What is the storm and what is the fears in your life right now? Maybe some of you struggle with depression. That is not from God. That is not a gift from God. Fear and sadness and loneliness is not from the Lord. And I believe he wants to speak hope into you right now. Hope in your future. Hope in your life. Some of you have dreams that feel fragile. And you're afraid that they're not going to come true. He wants to speak hope into those. He wants to remind you who you are. He wants to show you that he is there with you in the midst of the storm. Will you trust him? Will you let him into your boat? So, Father, I pray right now as my friends sing this song that we would not be afraid. That no matter how dark the storm is, we know that pain is in the night but joy comes in the morning. That there will be a light at the end of the tunnel, God. And we pray, Father, that we will believe, that we will know that we are not alone because you are with us. 
That even though we can't see you, just like we can't see the wind, we can feel you. We can feel your hope. Every day the sun rises and the sun shines. It's a reminder that the fight and the battle is not over. It's a reminder that you are alive for a reason. Every breath you take is a reminder that you have hope and the battle is not over. And you have another day and another breath to fight. Jesus, come, God. Come, God, right now, Father, and breathe on my friends. Breathe on my family, God. Give hope into their situations. Give hope into their families, God. Give hope into their hearts and their lives, God. Because we are not alone. We never have been. We never will be. You are right here with us in our hearts, in our lives, in this room tonight. Father, guys, he's here for you.
to encourage you to stand up and sing this you with Leah. We are not alone. You Come, Father. We are not in your life, guys. So in the story, there was 11 spectators in the boat, and there was one responder. And in this verse in Revelation, it's going to be on the screen, Jesus says, I stand and knock at the doors of your heart. And who will ever let me, I will come in. So guys, we're in our home place, we're in our home space, we don't have to rush out of here, as you guys know. And there's something special about being in this place, because every Sunday, at the end of our services, we pray for people. So leaders, will you come up here, please? And we believe, and some of you might think it's weird, especially if this is your first time, well, why, why would I go up and ask a stranger, someone I barely know, to pray for me? And it actually talks about in the Bible that a prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And the laying on hands on people, uh, of uniting your faith, of coming together and stepping out in faith and risking to tell someone about it, there's power in that. We're not special. We're not greater than you. But when you come, to, come together with someone and say, will you pray for me? I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And you trust them enough to put a, a hand on your shoulder and say, brother, my sister, you're not alone. Guys, I believe there's people in here tonight that feel very lonely. They feel like they have everything the world is telling them that they should have, but there's a gap and there's a, a piece of your heart that feels like something is missing. Some of you have looked for guys and girls to fill that void. Some of you have looked for sports. Some of you have looked to be, uh, for academics to fill that void. But I believe the Lord is saying, let me fill that void. So challenge number two is this. Will you step out in faith like Peter stepped out in the water? Will you come up and let us pray for you? No matter what you're going through, if you need prayer for a test, or you have an injury, or uh, something in your family, or like me, maybe you struggle with depression, and every day you wake up and you feel this emptiness in your heart. And I believe right now God wants to heal depression in Jesus' name, not just in you, but in me. He wants to come and combat that sadness and say, I bring hope, I bring life, I bring love. Will you trust me enough to let me in? So friends, I encourage you, if you feel this tug, if your heart is beating, take a stand like I did. Come up front. Let us pray for you guys. That's what these nights are designed for. That's why we meet in our church once a month. To let worship go as long as we want it to go, as long as you guys will stay. And to let us partner with you, friend and family, and say you're not alone. So who will respond? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a spectator anymore. I want to be a responder.
I think there's specifically some guys in here that are leaders. And you've been in the shadows for too long. You've been afraid. You've been like me. and You've had this fear paralyze you your whole life. And Jesus is saying, when I say don't be afraid, I'm saying that to you. Will you risk looking different? Will you risk to be a fool for me, to trust that I will do something with your life that will make a legacy and impact that people will remember? Everyone who went the normal path never made an impact in this life. I think there's some men right now that the Lord is specifically calling out. Will you be willing to make yourself a fool for him? The door is open, the table is set. Jesus knocks at the door and says, who will respond?
God, I thank you specifically for all the new people here for the first time. And I know this is kind of risky. It's already like 10 o'clock and you're like, man, when is this thing going to end? Um, and you're probably, man, I hope you're going to come back. But if you're comfortable and you're willing, and if you're new for the first time here, would you come up and let me pray for you? Because I think the Lord wants to show you how much you mean to him. And there's just such power when we step out and respond. Is there anyone 
out there that feels led to. You don't have to. I promise I won't call you out. <laughs> yes, can, yeah, can we just form a circle? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And friends, for those of you who have been coming, as the band sings this song, you won't relent. Come on in. I just pray that you hear this song and you know that the Lord pursues you that we don't just talk about him, but we look at him. As you feel the Lord begins to move in your life, in your heart, I mean right now, I encourage you just to step up front, to come up front and worship, even if you don't want prayer, or to step in the aisle, but to get out of the seat. And I promise, as you move and take one step closer to him, he comes five steps closer to you. This is a night of boldness, this is a night of risk. He shows you that he's the pursuer of this relationship, that he will pursue your life and your heart more than you ever could pursue him. I promise you, when you step out, he'll step back to meet you. Come, Jesus. Hey, leaders, if you're not praying, can you just come around this circle and lay hands on our friends that are here for the first time? Thank you. Joshua Group, you can too.
So uh, the third challenge of the night is this, that we feel this, feel his presence, we feel this high. But I don't want you to feel surprised if you wake up tomorrow morning and you don't have the same feeling. I don't want you to be surprised in a couple of days or a week that you're tempted to do the things that you, that you know you don't want to do anymore. But I want you to remember the story. We're on the water. We're walking towards Jesus. And if and when we stumble, he's there to pick us back up. So we would trust him that just because you stumble or you fall, if you do, I'm not saying you will, he'll be there to pick you back up. And your story isn't over because his story isn't over. So, Father, we just pray and seal everything that's been done here tonight, God. We're not, we're not ending right now, but we're just praying and seal everything you've done. And I pray that each and every one of my friends, they, they go home tonight, they lay their head on that pillow. They know this was not a coincidence. This wasn't just emotions. But you moved and worked in their hearts and their lives in a real and tangible way. And they'll never be the same again. So we seal it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. So guys, we are officially going to end the service now, but the band's going to stay up and they, uh, they're going to keep playing as long as you guys want to stay. Well, at least I know Daniel will. He gets, he'll get lost in worship and do his thing. But... Uh, we just bless you guys. Thanks for coming out. We'll be at the Y next week. And just remember, we're family. Reach out to us. Sign up for small groups. Uh, we're going to go to unofficial on Friday, all-campus worship, worship together. Uh, come with us. You're not alone. We love you. See you next week.
so much power in the in the power of testimony 
And uh, I just, man, this is too good. I had to, had to give the mic to my friend and my sister just to share how God's moved in her life tonight. I'm just a lowly high schooler here. But, uh, you know, my friend Mirabelle told me about this. And um, I hear that you guys pray here like a lot of places don't pray. And so I knew when I heard about it that I needed to come here because I knew that if I were to come, I would leave completely healed. Um, for so long, I've had um, back pain, knee pain, and it's all because of my hips. So my bones haven't been shaped right. Last year, I had surgery on my hip, and things just weren't getting better. I was still, I'm still out of sports. I'm still um, recovering from that. It's been a whole year. But um, tonight, there's been a visible, um, I, can, I can feel it different. And it, this is the first time I've been pain-free in so long. And even greater than that, there have been people at my school talking about how they're praying for me. And so that I've, now I can bring this and tell them that their prayers are being answered and that they have a reason to praise him too. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. So, uh, man, we're just gonna. I just talked to Daniel, and just because of that testimony, we're gonna we're gonna sing the song "Miracles" one more time, and uh, we're just gonna end the night with this song and proclaiming that God is a God who moves and works in the little things and the big things. And I just thank you, God, for how you've touched not only my sister, but I know that you've healed, not, I'm not just saying this, but me and others that struggle with depression. You are not meant to have depression. I say that in Jesus' name. And I thank you for all the new people that came tonight, God, and the family and the people that you have touched, that we are going home different and never the same. So we just bless you guys. Let's declare this in your lives one more time. Silencing my every fear, silencing my 
sing this together.
proved it, that we don't need any other, any other proof. It's your life laid down for each one of us, that you thought of us before we were even formed. Even before the foundation of the world, you thought of us, 
specifically, each one of us. We thank you, Lord, that even if you had to take a bullet to save our life, you would over and over and over again. But Jesus, I just thank you that you only had to do it once and that we can hold fast to that. God, let us understand what you've done for us, how much love you poured out, that you first loved us. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that... Just like we were talking tonight, God, that your love, that love, who you are, casts out every fear. Every fear. Fear and love can't be in the same place. And so, Jesus, I just receive every bit of your love. And anytime fear creeps up, God, that you would show us your love again. <laughs> 